Luca and Danny jewelry is the perfect gift for the people you're most grateful for this holiday season. Whether it's that special someone, a parent, a child, friends, or even yourself. From their iconic bangle bracelets and stacks to beautiful rings, necklaces, and earrings, each piece symbolizes what matters most and is handcrafted right here in the USA. Go to lucadanny.com and use code JAM to get 15% off and free shipping on your first purchase. That's L-U-C-A-D-A-N-N-I.com. Luca and Danny, embrace the journey. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Wedding season, kinda. A wedding happened. We're going to talk about it. At great length. Talk about Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. I'm pretty excited. I um, I have a lot of thoughts on the Jonas Brothers in general, and I, I bet you didn't know that, although probably aren't surprised. And <laughs> that's I'm yeah. excited to get into it. It, it, it adds up. How about that? <laughs> uh, we're also going to revisit the whole Meghan Markle and Prince William press feud that is ongoing and, and getting really unseemly. But That's my soul. Yeah. But first, we got to talk about the biggest uh, celebrity press story of the past couple weeks. Really months. Yeah, it's, I mean, and, and that's kind of the thing, right? We got to talk about it because it was suddenly everywhere. It was a huge deal in the press. Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas were on the cover of multiple magazines. It was a really, it was a big, loud thing. And we have been talking a lot about it, as have many other people on the internet, some less productively than others. Exactly. So they have only been like known as a couple since May of 2018. That was month five. We're currently in month 12. So it's like about seven months of them being known to be dating. And they confirmed it, I think, like six weeks after that, basically. I think that the first time they were seen together was in 2017. They were seen together at the Met Gala, but they were just hanging out. And then about like a few months later, things started to like bubble and people started like seeing things come together. And I believe that the Memorial Day weekend was kind of like when this whole thing started because they were seen together at a Dodgers game. Yeah, so there's a full year between the Met Gala in 2017 where there are pictures being taken of them and 2018 where they're, like, out in public at non-celebrity events. And I suppose that we don't—not suppose. We don't have any idea what happened in that year. And a year, as listeners of Jam Session will know— meets the Amanda Dobbins standards for appropriate dating and getting married. If you are together for a year, then it's fine by me. So Okay. So you approve. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just going to say that there, like, I, I do think that that year of time has gotten a bit lost in the discussion because we, as a celebrity-consuming public, only really know of them since May 2018, which is— Right, and there could be more going on. Yes, but I think part of the interest in it is because it is so recent to us, right? Sure. And and came on so strong. And yes. I just I want to go back to some of her comments from May 2017 when they went to the Met Gala together. Okay. She went on Jimmy Kimmel Live and she, and he asked her about go you know attending with Nick Jonas and her quote was, "We were on the same table and we already know each other, so he was like, hey, what, you want to go together? And I was like, yeah, okay, let's go together. Ended up working out. And the reason they were at the same table is that they were both wearing Ralph Lauren. So there's a lot of business synergies at the beginning of this that could have brought them together, like namely being 
both wearing Ralph Lauren, which isn't like that big of a deal. But, um, you know, I think that's like at the very beginning of like the consciousness of them, there is like a uh, their careers intersecting. Yes. I will say that's how a lot of celebrity relationships start. We're just sure. most used to careers in Being terms of like two actors, right? On a set. Yeah. And somehow sure. it, you know, like they're playing that they're in a relationship and then the lines get blurred and that's somehow easier for people to wrap their heads around or maybe to understand in terms of emotional connection, like sure. being fashion sponsored does not really scream true romance, though, frankly, there are probably a lot of people who think that's the most romantic thing in the world. Um, <laughs> you or and I are not those yeah. two people. <laughs> but yeah, it in many ways, this is how a lot of celebrities meet. I think it's just that it is like the fashion sponsorship is kind of a new twist on it. Sure. And also, the Met Gala is interesting because it's often used as, like, a place to be seen with someone specific. Like, it's a way to, like, announce who your squad is. Just off the top of my head, like, the way the Kardashians use it, obviously. And in the past, how, like, Lena Dunham has sort of attended with Jenny Connor. And there's sort of, like, a lot of, like, this is my crew and this is who I'm going to the Met Gala with. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think when this first started... I thought of it as like, yeah, that makes sense. Like people who are friends go to this together. It's like actually not like really a thing you bring a date to unless like you're married. And even then, like Tom Brady's like always trailing behind Giselle Bundchen, you know? That's true. Though that, you know, that seems like that happens in real life too, to be honest. <laughs> and perhaps, and perhaps for good reason. He seems like he might suck. But that's just my personal <laughs> opinion. <laughs> All right. So let's fast forward a year because yeah. it's kind of, it's radio silence for a full year. And then May 2018, they are everywhere. They're, they go very public very quickly. Yeah. Us Weekly was the initial, like, cataloger of this. And they were seen Memorial Day weekend at uh, Beauty and the Beast Live at the Hollywood Bowl, which, honestly, I wish I'd gone to had I known. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they were at the Dodgers game. And, like, E had some quotes of, like, random of anonymous sources saying they looked really cute together. So, yeah. I mean, you know, this is the kind of story you tend to get from Us Weekly these days. Uh, dating updates. Yes. And so I'm looking at a very helpful timeline from Harper's Bazaar. There are many timelines available on the internet about yeah. this, but this one's great. So Memorial Day 2018 is kind of when they first go public. And then by June 9th, 2018, Priyanka Chopra is at a Jonas family wedding. And by late June, Nick is meeting her family in India. So in any normal relationship, this suggests that they have been dating for a long time. And again, there is that whole year where they're probably getting to know each other. And I think kind of the dissonance is that we, in the span of three weeks, everyone was like, wait, they're dating. And now they're meeting each other families. This seems really fast, which it is in this timeline. But I think we don't know that this is the actual timeline. And I feel like that is where that's true. a lot of the conversation and doubt surrounding this has come into play. And I guess we should just kind of like address the elephant in the room, which is a lot of people have been saying unkind things about this relationship. There are many people on the internet who don't really seem to believe it. And there was a poorly executed cut article uh, about them that was then taken down because it just, it was wrong. It's not the way to talk about this. And the author has since apologized, but it has now become this wedding has taken on a second life of, like, what's going on with them and how do we talk about celebrity relationships and what's real and what's not? Is that yeah. fair? 
Yeah. And so backing up to her, and this gets back to the cut thing, but backing up to him meeting her parents in, in India, Priyanka Chopra is like one of the most famous living humans. And that's because she's insanely famous in India and in other parts of the world where um, Bollywood films are really popular and, and beloved. And so that's just sort of like the equivalent of Julia Roberts in, like, 1989 introducing someone to her parents, like, everyone's going to know about it. Yes. And so I think that's why it's, like, such a big deal and why it was, like, so uh, so documented. Well, that's one reason why. There's certainly other cynical reasons why you think it could be as well. But, <laughs> but I think that's kind of what the Cut article, which was not, you know, which, like, there was parts of it, like, I agreed with, even if it was, like, a poorly executed piece— we can leave immediate criticism for another day. But the 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 point is, like, Priyanka Chopra is, like, worldwide way more famous and probably, like, like way richer than, uh, jo- than, excuse me, than Nick Jonas. And I think that's kind of what, like, for the American audience, that's, like, very hard to grasp. Yes, exactly. It's, she is unbelievably famous. And I've read... There was a very good piece in The Atlantic that was talking about how kind of from the Indian point of view, this is like, does this guy realize that he's literally marrying royalty? That is her status. But here in, I mean, not literally. She's actually not literally a royal, but essentially marrying a royal. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) That is her status. Words are important, everyone. But Priyanka Chopra was on Quantico for a few years. That show was canceled. She's certainly had success. She's going to be in a romantic comedy with Rebel Wilson next year. She's like definitely a successful Hollywood actress, but she is not as famous here as she is in India. And so the level of press coverage in the American press has been, well, it's been notable. And I think the most notable example to me is that they got married on a, over the weekend. And then on Monday, Priyanka Chopra was on the cover of Vogue. Uh, yeah. And it was very clearly timed to her wedding. And yes. which is not to say that, uh, she doesn't deserve that, but you don't normally see that level of press coordination to a wedding. Yeah, particularly if you're if you're like looking for privacy. Like there, like I think a lot of super famous celebrities try to um, really manage the press that comes out of their weddings. Like compared with Goop, who also you know does a ton of press and and likes to be in the spotlight. I think she kind of had like a delayed, self coordinated spread. Well, it's, it's easier for her because she has like her own media outlet, but. People magazine immediately had all of the photos, like like a royal, basically, or like that they clearly paid a lot of money for because that's how you get those pictures exclusively. Yeah, and let's be real. Like, most celebrities do end up sharing their wedding photos. And, I mean, I was thinking about how Brad and Angelina finally got married, like, two years before they split up, and she was immediately on the cover of People and Hello as well. Do you remember that? Even yeah. though it was a yeah, private wedding. Yeah, of course. Was it right away, though? I I think that's how we learned that it happened. Right. I think that was, like, delayed, though. I think that a lot—I I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do think a lot of the time there's, like, a week or two in between, basically. Yeah. You know what this wedding reminded me a lot of, actually, in terms of press coverage and the immediacy of it, was the Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes wedding. Yes. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I vividly remember—there were, like, cameras outside that Italian castle. Do you remember that? I was watching yeah. CNN live— Nothing happened on CNN, by the way, but I vividly remember watching it because they were really doing live coverage. And, you know, not all of that was coordinated by Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, but they were pretty public about this is where we're getting married. They did a press call, if I remember. Um, They were definitely kind of playing to the audience in that moment. They used 
they're, I think it's fair to say they use their wedding as like a publicity opportunity, which judgment aside, like that in that that's an approach to to marriage that is different than that many people who who there's no interest in their wedding. Yeah. And I think that that's that those are the conversations that you and I have been having about the Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas thing is that the level of publicity that is yeah. attached to it. Before we started recording this podcast, I watched a Vogue video that obviously was coordinated with her cover where they play like the newlywed game and like answer questions about each other. And like that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that if you th- if you think it's a PR stunt marriage or anything, that's the kind of thing that I'm like, oh, I'm worried about these people getting divorced. Like as soon as you go too public with your relationship like that, because being famous is hard, especially for someone like Priyanka Chopra, who in like there's no there's very few places for her to hide because she is so famous. That's like inviting in a level extra stress that I would just never opt into. And so it makes me nervous for them, real relationship or not. And what real relationship means, we also can debate. Like, I I, I also, <laughs> have you, how many times have you watched Nick Jonas perform live? Like on video or in person? How many times do you think I've watched Nick Jonas zero? perform live? Yes, Juliet, zero. <laughs> he's, a, he's a soulful, he's a soulful young man. Um, the, there's a there's a gospel version of Jealous, the song that was really popular for him a few years ago. Great song. Yeah, great song. And the gospel version is, like, amazing. And he has so much emotion and passion while he's singing it. Oh, you know what? Like, I saw that. Because he did it. He did it he with did it on the voice. choir, yeah. right? Live at yes. one point? Yeah, yeah. I watched yes. that. Okay. And, and he, he honestly just seems like he's so into it. He's, like, really, like, in, involved in the moment. He seemed like a passionate young man, and that's just the way I think of him when I watched that. And there was just none of that passion in talking to his new wife, who probably at the time was his fiance. And like, yeah, it's definitely really awkward to put your relationship on TV like that, and I wouldn't be comfortable either. But I, I just thought it was notable. Can I say one other unusual thing about this? Of course. And with all respect to you and your interests, is that... um. Nick Jonas is not that famous anymore. He's no. just not. I, he was part of the Jonas Brothers. That was a moment, obviously, for the Disney kids, and they were cute. And he is just not that famous in America anymore. And so it's been really interesting. This side of it where they try to push him up is it's like, it's a really big deal that Nick Jonas is getting married. I'm like, is it? Is it? Does Do do I need a people cover about that? I'm You know, in the, in this economy, I guess so. But... I, I don't I don't know. And I certainly don't think he's as famous as Priyanka Chopra. So no, that not. has been to kind of watch their varying levels of fame um be smushed together and kind of jockeying for attention is it's I mean, it's been fascinating. Definitely. Yes. I I, I completely agree yeah, with you. I, also, like they intersect so many other celebrities. Like, first of all, so Sophie Turner's at their wedding, obviously, because she is dating Joe Jonas, who are like in comparison to his brother, like they're like the quietest couple in the world. And these are two people who like basically gave us an incredible gallery of stills from their appearance at Wimbledon. <laughs> I was also gonna say the number one US open guess. Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, I think it was the US yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. Iconic. I mean, just incredible stuff. And and then I was looking at pictures and I was like, oh my God, I remember when they were like kids and they were doing the whole um, Disney Channel thing. They have a fourth brother and I don't even, his name is Frankie. It's kind of besides the point. They used to refer to him as like the bonus Jonas and the branding of their family was so specific. And I was like, oh my God, the bonus Jonas, he still lives. I totally forgot about that. Can I ask a question, an earnest question? Who is the third Jonas? I forgot who the third Jonas is. Kevin, he's married. Oh yeah, he got married first, right? 
Yes, yeah. he got married first. Yeah. There was always a lot of rumors, un- unfounded, that his wife was not actually pregnant and like you and like was like wearing a, a bump and they used like a surrogate or something like that. That was like very popular. You love a bump conspiracy I theory. I do love a bump conspiracy <laughs> theory. And that was a big one, like circa 2007, 2008. That's wow. how long I've been reading blind items. Sure, yeah. Um, and also, there's a television show about called there was called Married to Jonas that was on E, and that's another reason why E I think had a lot of exclusives on this is because they have a relationship with the Jonas family. It's also it, this is Kardashian like in the coordination of yes. life event and publicity, so it makes sense that E would be in that business as well. Yeah, totally. Well, I just want to say, Kevin Jonas and his bride, her name was Danielle, I believe. They had an apartment at the Americana, which is the which is the. Oh my um, God! Seriously, <laughs> wait. Yes. Can we do? Can we do a hot minute on the Americana for people who don't live in Los Angeles? Absolutely, please. I was just explain what it is. Why don't you do okay. it? <laughs> so in Los Angeles, there is a particular breed of outdoor mall, the Americana, the Grove. There's one in Pacific Palisades that Juliet took me to once, and it's essentially like if. Main Street of Disneyland were a mall that sold like Tiffany's and Madewell and had a cheesecake factory. And a trolley. And a trolley. And they played Sinatra all the time. All the time. Yes. And they had a fountain. But the Americana is in Glendale, which means it's accessible to both Juliet and myself from where we live. And also, the Americana has a Dintaifong, which yeah. is an incredible dumpling restaurant. Incredible. So I've- we both spend an an amazing amount of time at the Americana. I've um I've been in New York for a few for a little bit and I really missed in Taifung. I've been like going a lot lately and I fucking miss it. It's so All right. Good. Well we'll go when you get back. But anyway, the thing I forgot to mention about the Americana is that in addition to being kind of like Disneyland, Main Street, outdoor mall, the Americana weirdly has apartments on like the second and third floor yes. of the Disneyland Main Street. So you can yeah, like, like overlooking like the the weird merriment of fake mainstream where Frank Sinatra's playing. Right. So you can live above an Urban Outfitters and kind of look at the fake lawn and the children meeting Santa, which is pretty cute, actually. But I, every time I go to the Americana, I'm just fixated on who lives in these houses. It looks, it looks like, it doesn't even look like a movie set. It looks too fake to be a movie set. Yeah. I recently visited the country, the municipality, the mm-hmm. principality of Monaco, and it was very similar. Monaco, <laughs> incredible, was... incredible sentence by you. <laughs> Thank you. And anyway, they on the show they probably had a um, an apartment there because like some like corporate housing because like when the contestants of Dancing with the Stars they always stay at the Park La Brea, which is like kind of similar minus the mall. It's just like a housing structure, and so I think that they probably got like put up there for the show, but they had an apartment there. It's where they lived while they were filming it in in Glendale. It was I, incredible. I think the overriding theme of of this whole segment is that celebrities are not like us. They're no. just not. <laughs> they live <laughs> at the Americana and they invite Vogue to their wedding, and yeah. you know. I, Weddings are intensely personal, and there are many normal people who have weddings that I would never do it that way. And I would also—I did not have Vogue at my wedding. Juliet, if you have Vogue at your wedding at some point, I I will be excited. I'd love to give a quote. I would be happily be a secondary for you. But let's fingers crossed on that one. (laughs) But you know, it's it celebrities are are weird. They live in weird spaces, and things happen that 
don't totally make a ton of sense to an average yeah. person, but also why would it? Because they are extremely famous. And I think the, with the question of Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas, like whether you believe their their relationship or not, I think it's just like different terms when you've been famous that long. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the types of things that make for a good relationship are not the same as what makes a good relationship for me. Like someone to like sit on the couch with me most nights of the week is not the same as what what you need when like you have conflicting schedules and you probably only have like you know, 50 nights a year when you're both home. Yeah, absolutely. We talk a lot about this with J-Lo and A-Rod. It's like how much time do they actually spend together? And the Vogue profile that goes along with Priyanka Chopra's cover talks a lot about this, about how they're traveling all the time and they kind of meet up from place to place. It's just different. When you're that famous, you are living life differently. And that there's no value judgment on that. It's just kind of— But what's so fascinating about it, and I think the reason that we're talking so much about it, is because you rarely see it made so public. Totally. It's really true. Wish them well. Curious to see where this goes and how the press continues. Yeah. We're going to talk about some more high-profile couples, but first, let's talk about today's sponsors. Today's episode is presented by ClassPass. ClassPass is the fitness membership that gives you access to over 10,000 studios and gyms around the world. Try any workout from boot camp to Pilates to yoga and more. All bookable with one easy-to-use app. ClassPass takes the barriers out of working out. You don't need to plan a circuit or do anything. Just book a class and show up. ClassPass holds you accountable. Sign up for class with your friends so you're less likely to quit. And ClassPass has more than just working your muscles. When you try new kinds of workouts, you increase dopamine and boost memory formation. ClassPass drives results. When you work out with the trainer, you get more effective workouts, which will help you get fitter and hit your goals faster. ClassPass is motivating because you're always working out with the best trainers in the biz. It's a fun way to re-engage with old hobbies like swimming, climbing, tennis, and more. Start your free trial at classpass.com slash try slash jam. Again, that's classpass.com slash try slash jam. Today's episode is also presented by Riley. Riley is the first name in luxury bed and bath linens, delivering the highest quality you can find for attainable prices. Riley's bedding collection consists of sateen and percale sheet sets, duvet covers, and shams, down and alt-down comforters and pillows, as well as unique items like a two-in-one blanket pillow and eye masks. The bath collection consists of spa towel and plush towel sets, bath mats and rugs, as well as unisex bathrobes. And nearly all their products are available to be monogrammed and personalized. Riley's fourth-generation family-owned textile mills across Europe are known as the pinnacle of luxury textile manufacturing, guaranteeing a commitment to craftsmanship and the customer. Get two deluxe samples of sheets with Riley's home lie-on program so you can experience the difference for yourself. Riley also recently launched Riley Jr. It's the same high-quality bedding products for babies and kids with adorable designs at even better prices. Like sateen twin sheet sets, reversible decorative pillows, crib sheets and custom colors, and more. I recently ordered a set of spa towels from Riley. They have not arrived yet, but I could not be more excited. It was an early Christmas present to myself. So if you would also like to give an early holiday present to anyone in your life, experience a new kind of luxury at RileyHome.com and use the promo code JAM for 25% off your order. That's RileyHome.com, promo code JAM. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about um, the latest coming out of Kensington Palace, which I am not happy about, nor are you. No. But first, let's talk about a new, something a little bit new. The Mary Queen of Scots movie is coming out, and it stars Sir Ronan and Margot Robbie. And uh, they're doing a lot of press together. And man, is it delightful. 
Yeah, this movie is basically an excuse for the two of them to walk red carpets, I've figured out. and Or maybe it should position itself as that because I've seen the film and um, you, you can skip it. We'll just leave it at that. But <laughs> it's really charming. There are red carpets appearances. And it's like, of course you want to see Margot Robbie and Saoirse Ronan just like hanging out and being great across the globe. That's, why, don't, why don't we just do more of that? I completely agree. Also, it's two uh, great accents brought together, an Australian and an Irish woman. And they also seem to genuinely like each other, but they also aren't like, oh my God, we're best friends. Like, it's a nice professional female collegiality that I, I feel we don't get enough of and I'm really enjoying. Very true. I think part of the reason we don't get it enough is because they don't let two women star in that many movies, so maybe they could figure that out. Uh, But yes, there is something about it's not like the whole, oh my God, we're BFF stuff. It's just like we are two accomplished women here together. It's great. It was similar with Ocean's 8 when they did their press tour. Like, they seem like they're having a lot of fun together, but no one was like, yeah, we do each other's nails or like now we're best friends and going on vacation together. Yeah, we're grownups. Yeah, I really, I enjoy it. Let's have more, let's shine a light on more professional adult relationships that are like, you know, both re- both friendly and appropriate for the workplace. <laughs> I think that sounds great. I've, what has been your favorite moment of the Margot well, and Saoirse well, now professional feel, press tour? I mean, so this is unprofessional and now I feel like the dumb person in the corner being like, oh my God, boys. But it has also emerged that Saoirse Ronan is dating her co-star in this movie. And I said I'd seen the movie. I'm going to tell you, Jack Loudon, real star. He plays a real dick in the movie, just like reprehensible through and through. But he has that kind of charm and you can tell that they have chemistry. And I wish Saoirse well. That's great. Yeah, I I think they seem like a great couple. I love seeing all of her outfits on this press tour. And like in a lot of the pictures when he's there, He's just kind of like off to the side, which I really appreciate because it allows both the two women to like be in the center. Yeah. But also Saoirse Ronan's, um, her, all of her style, her ensembles have just been incredible and quite varied, I would say. A lot of different looks happening. Great style. But she just looks, she looks fantastic. I agree. I just think this is nice. You know, it's, it's nice when good things happen to good people. They made this movie so that we could just like enjoy their press tour for a while. And that's great. They don't make enough movies for press tours, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, did you watch their Wired video when they answered the, que- the most uh, Googled questions about themselves? Yes. That was very charming as well. Just, I, I liked it that they pretended that Margot Robbie's name was in some way hard to say for Americans. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Even if I'm saying it wrong, then it'd be Margot Robbie. Okay, that's like not, that's just like a question of mm-hmm. if you're trying to sound snooty or not, and perhaps I'm wrong. I don't think so, but whatever. And I, but of course, Sir Sharon like actually is is hard to say or based on the spelling. And she kept being like she kept differentiating between an American who says it quasi correctly and an Irish woman. And Margot was like, "What's the difference?" And she just couldn't <laughs> detect it. And I I really enjoyed it. I like that Sir is leaning into the weird name thing. I do too. They're just game and smart. And it. I hope that they get more opportunities to do this sort of thing together or individually. It's nice. Right. I do, too. I'm bummed the movie's not good. Well, you know what? Their performances are great, and it's interesting. I I think if if this is your type of thing, you should absolutely watch it. I just kind okay. of, I got confused by the end. I didn't really pay enough during, like, the Scottish part of history class. Mm-hmm. So that's on me, quite frankly. And maybe I'll read a book before I go uh, <laughs> try to see a historical film next time. How about that? Okay, that's a great uh, transition into 
British history. Oh, yeah. Because we need to talk about the continuing onslaught, what I consider to be, and a continuing onslaught against the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle. So many horrible stories still coming out about her. It's really, really messy. And it, it's clearly, it's all the papers want to write about, I, I assume because they're selling newspapers and they're getting a lot of traffic. Though I would point out that there is a freaking national crisis in the UK right now. You guys Take need time. to worry about Brexit and not worry about whether Meghan Markle and her staff get along, which, by the way, Seriously. by all accounts, they do. It's just she asks them to work. Oh, my God, forbid. Sorry. In America, we do our jobs. But anyway. I think that is a big part of it, Amanda. That's a really good point. I was recently talking to a friend who I was saying how much I love London. And I was like, God, I'd love to live there. Not that I ever would. And also, visa, it'll be even harder to get a visa than ever. Sure. And she was like, I don't think you would like it. They don't have the same approach and attitude about work that Americans do. And then— she just sort of explained her own experience there. And I thought that was really fascinating. Again, like this is like value neutral to me, but Americans do have a certain approach to work, which is like, it's for many people, it's like the center of their life. It's like what gets them up in the day. It's like the main driving force for reasons, both like financial and also emotional and also like, you know, just intellectual. And I think that's like a, a difference. I think that like for the Royal family, like work is like, you know, going to charity events and, having a lot of, like, social commitments or, like, charitable commitments. But Megan is a working gal. Like, she's a hustler. She made a career for herself. And I think that's, like, comes off as, like, too brusque and too aggressive. Yes. I don't even know if it comes off as, like, too aggressive. They just don't want to deal with it. I think that she actually wants to take an active part in her job and turn what is basically just, like, being a wife into a, a real position and a place of impact, which is absolutely admirable and it seems like they just don't like that she texts early in the morning because apparently she sends texts at 5.30, which so does every damn successful person that I know, even though sometimes I wish I weren't getting them. So <laughs> 5.30 is too early for me. I'm not a morning person. That said, it's time for my uh, crown reference of the week on Jam Session. <laughs> in the crown, like the true villains of those two seasons— are the palace staff, essentially, the people who are enforcing all of the rules and ignoring the people or change or kind of any extenuating circumstances. And it, I wouldn't, I think those people are still basically the same way. They're like, this is how we've always done it. And this is how you have to do it. And I can imagine that a go get him American would be their worst nightmare. That doesn't make totally. them, that doesn't make them right. Totally. And so, this article that really caught my eye and, and raised my ire this week was from a couple of days ago. I read it on page six, but it's republished from The Sun, the, from the UK. And then the story said one of her key roles was said to be training Megan in royal etiquette. And so, yeah, like I'm sure there's just a clash of styles here. And that doesn't mean that we don't need to demonize Megan. I'm so just mad about this. Yeah. And some of it is also, I think the press is certainly fueling it because there are things every day. And I suppose some of it is because they're trying to sell newspapers and because they still have newspapers in the United Kingdom. And I think some of it is also that the various camps are probably leaking, warring things daily. And this is when we start to get really mad at Prince William because it's very clear that their side of the palace is feeding something to the press or at least is not helping the situation. Yes. Because here's the thing. This didn't have to be anything. 
they could have said, we're moving because we'd like a little more privacy as we have a kid. And then the other, you know, the Prince William camp could be like, we'll miss them so much, but it's only 20 miles away. They could deny this so easily and have it be done. But the reason it's not done is because people keep leaking things to the press. So they're not blameless. And it's unbelievable how much it keeps, how long it's been going. I know. It makes me mad. But perhaps Christmas will reach detente. Everyone is going to the Queen's home in Sandringham for it. Yes. And I think that Harry and Meghan are supposed to stay with Kate and William because they have a house on the estate. Oh, wow. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Oh, wow. I mean, they keep changing their Christmas things every day. It seems very complicated. I know. It really does. It really does. All right, Amanda. Thank you so much. We will be back in two weeks with a kind of wrap-up episode for the end of the year. And then we'll be back with more uh, forward-looking gossip in January. 2019. We'll see you then. Thanks, everyone.